My favorite camp moment was... My favorite part of camp was... One of my favorite moments that happens regularly for me at camp. Another great... Oh, wait, this isn't good for this. This is... I know, I can cut it out. Well, you should cut this out, but it's when the camper Curtis was standing by the snack stand. One of my best times at camp was... (laughs) This is not an appropriate story. Is this thing on? Hello. Welcome to Happy Life Studios. We're here... To help your life be happier. Yes, we are. Hello, happy. Hello, lifer. Here I am at Camp Whatever. And I'm singing this for a reason. Because it is the beginning of my youth camp season. What's up, happy lifers? How are you? I hope you're happy. If not, I think you will be after this episode. I am pretty excited about it. Um, I did a bunch of interviews while I was at camp of teenagers and 20-somethings that volunteered their entire summer without pay to work at camp as counselors, as cooks, as, as workers, as staff, and help people with disabilities of all sorts. They are amazing young adults, and so I just thought I wanted to highlight them to you. So... I thought I would do one more episode to close out our summer camp series. I hope that you've been enjoying this series as much as I've enjoyed putting them together. I hope they've motivated you and inspired you as much as they have me. Um, let us know. Uh, if if you've if you got a second, you'd like to make me happy, uh, just send us an email at podcast at happylife.studio. Podcast at happylife.studio and let us know what you thought about the summer camp series. Did we go too long? Would you have liked more episodes? Was there something we could have changed on it? Something we could have done better? Something that you didn't like that we did? I love getting input from you guys. So uh, if you got a second, send us send us uh, your input and maybe we'll even bring it up in one of our upcoming episodes. Unless you'd rather we didn't. And if that's the case, all you have to do is just include that in your email. Please do not include this on your, on your podcast episode and, and, and we won't. Um, anyway, let's get to these amazing young adults talking about this amazing life-changing summer. Happy camper, happy camper, happy camper. My favorite part of camp is a weird story, but it uh, was the last night of camp when Tony was doing his end of camp spiel that he does every single year, just talking about how it's achievable to bring the camp, the camp feeling home, the camp feeling of like love and family and things like that. And he's just talking about how, um, like, what would it be like if we lived in a world where we loved everyone, um, like, with an unconditional love and just, like, poured into people the way that counselors pour into campers at camp? And that used to be something that I would always hear when I was a counselor and uh, seemed kind of hard to achieve, like, going back home, like, when I was in high school, going back to a high school environment or things like that. And now that I've heard that spiel for many years, that just has simply become my lifestyle and it was just kind of an emotional moment to realize that it's not something that's hard to achieve anymore it's just it it is achievable it's easy to bring that camp lifestyle outside of camp um once you believe in it so yeah that was my favorite part of camp so you feel that that's something that you're actually doing now i think so yeah 
and it's something that you can put into any environment that you're in. It was uh, Friday night before everyone was going to leave. Nathan, who was a younger camper, cared more about the other camper that I had than he did with himself, but he would always tell me that he wanted Jerry to have more fun than he wanted to because he didn't care about his time. He cared about the other camper's time, which was cool because like, I tried to focus on both of them, but he didn't want me to focus on him. He wanted me to focus on Jerry. My favorite part of camp was 20 minutes before the Italian wedding when everyone was just getting ready together and having fun. <laughs> okay. I just have to jump in here and tell you about the Italian wedding. Uh, many of our campers, they don't get to attend weddings, so we bring the wedding to them, Camp Daniel style. I mean, at mealtimes, we, we dress up for the theme of the meal, like cowboy or bucks hunting camp or pirate or, you know, just go to my Instagram or my Facebook account. If you if you not don't already belong to those, the addresses are listed in the show notes. But I tried to post pictures of all my outfits for every meal throughout the weeks of camp. Anyway. Thursday night, we had an Italian wedding, and it was hilarious. I got to play the Pope at the Italian wedding, and I played it just like, well, you probably guessed it, just like the priest and princess bride. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Yep. That's how I played it. It was loud, and it was funny. Uh, We all dressed up in wedding attire and went through a ceremony where two of our interns got married every week. Now, I'm not sure if we should be concerned that some of our interns got married more than once a summer, but we'll leave that to another episode. Anyway, it was was basically two two Italian families that didn't like each other at all, and they weren't afraid to voice their opinions a lot and loudly. The widowed mom of the groom wasn't quite ready to give up her baby boy just yet, and she made that known throughout the entire ceremony. She just kept interrupting the ceremony. The kids, her other kids that were part of the the the, the bridal party, kept saying "Ma, stop, Ma, stop," and that good old New York Italian accent. <laughs> on, on the other, uh, I'm sorry, you just had to be there, I guess. But on the other side of the aisle was the family of the bride. Now, I can't say this for sure, okay, but I th- pretty, I'm pretty sure that they may have connections with the mob and are actually the reason why the mother of the groom's husband is missing. <laughs> At least that's what I heard in the reception following. Uh, something about holding him upside down by the ankles or a bunch of alligators in Everglades. That's what the father of the, of the bride would keep saying when, when, the, when the mother of the groom kept interrupting. Anyway, one of the best parts of the wedding was before it even took place. As we were all in costume, all in our role, waiting for our moment to shine, we would hang out backstage, so to speak, and play out our roles to the hilt. And since there were no campers present, there were no filters present either. Good thing none of that was recorded. (laughs) Yeah, so we all put on an Italian wedding, and... We all had to get ready for it, and we were all, like, in costume and in character, except we didn't have to put on a show for everybody. So, like, for example, we didn't have to have as much of a filter, and we just got to, like, just have fun in our characters. And it was- so so give us your, your character. You are the bride, right? Yes. And what do the bride sound like? Do you want to hear her laugh? Uh-huh. Okay, you might want to back up the mic. Okay. 
Hold on, I got to try that again. Let's talk to the grandma of the Italian wedding. What did you think about it? I thought it was a terrible disaster, worst day of my son's life. Because he married a no good Piantini. She wants to steal his money and his happiness. My son is is my treasure. He belongs to me and me only. So what was the song that you you, you actually wrote? It was very nice of you. You wrote a song uh, for the bride that was going to marry your son. Here comes the bride, big, fat, and wide. Where is the groom? He's headed towards his doom. Hey, uh, my name is Danny. I am the brother of the bride, and uh, I do not like the groom. He, uh, my sister is more of a man than him, and she is a girl, so that is not okay. Uh, but you know what? He's got a lot of money, and uh, me and my sister are going to take it, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Hey, how you doing? My name's Gino Tortetti. I own the restaurant. You know, uh, if any of you guys are going to be having a, a wedding or an anniversary or a family get-together, a party, uh, a funeral, bar mitzvahs, uh, quinceaneras, we got the best meatballs in all the county, so make sure you guys uh, come on out. Uh, Nona's recipe is mm, make you drool. Now I dream within a dream. <laughs> so Pete, the camper, came up to me at the beginning of the week and kept talking about how he was going to do a pet cemetery skit. But I thought he was saying... I, for some reason, the movie Life of Pets had just come out, or something like that, and I thought that's what he was talking about. So I was like, yeah, Pet Cemetery," but in my head I was hearing Life of Pets. So then when I signed him up for the talent show, he wrote Pet Cemetery." So I wrote Pet Cemetery" down, and I was like, okay, he's going to sing a song from that new cute Disney or Pixar movie. And then... It gets ready, and he gets on the stage, and he calls back for Anthony to play the song, and Anthony looks up Pet Cemetery, and it's all horror movie background music, so he doesn't play any of it, so he just starts talking about the movie Pet Cemetery, which apparently is a horror movie, and he did lots of obscene gestures that and made it, yeah, told the story graphically, and it was, we had to cut his mic off. <laughs> And after I went under the porch and there was a garbage can and he took the lid off and pointed and said, look, a dead body. Another great, oh wait, this isn't good for this. You should cut this out. But it's when the camper Curtis was standing by the snack stand and then he just was hanging out with everybody and he sat down on the garbage can lid and he, what do you know, he falls into the garbage can, feet and legs sticking out, screaming. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can tell, we have a lot of fun at Camp Daniel. In fact, if you've ever been to a camp, you know that camps are fun. But at Camp Daniel, we just <laughs> we just take it to the next level. But that's not the only thing we take to the next level. It's one of my favorite uh, moments that happens regularly for me at camp is when we have uh, certain people with special diets come in, especially counselors. We tend to have more counselors with special diets than campers, which is kind of funny. Uh, you know, you would think it'd be the other way around, but it's like four to one counselors instead of campers. But anyway, they have certain allergies and they, like I had uh, uh, Jojo this year come and she's allergic to eggs and gluten. So 
she hasn't had like cake in three years she said and we made her a cake for the italian wedding because we have cake for the wedding everybody else has cake and part of our uh, ministry in the kitchen is making special diet foods for everyone to make it look like you know almost exactly the same kind of plate for each person as you know as well as we can and she hadn't had a cake in three years she said and she said it was really good and when their people's eyes light up when they have something like that that they haven't had in a long time and they know that it's okay for them to eat and they won't get sick from it i think that's a really cool moment wow that's unbelievable hadn't had cake in three years i can't imagine wow so i was an intern this year and it was week four uh, but then on wednesday uh i found out that i had a friend from school who had been on his honeymoon with his fiance now wife and then he had like drowned and passed away and i was really sad about it so you so you have a friend that you go to school with and it's a tragic story i mean he's in his 20s right just gets married dies on this honeymoon i'm it was on national news and it breaks my heart just to even think about it it was terrible (laughs) so i just went and like cried about that like all day i found out about there was an email that went out to all the student body in my school and yeah i was doing water war set up which is just a giant rec game for all the campers and stuff. And I was helping to set up, and I don't know, I just like ran in the bathroom and cried for like 15 minutes. And yeah, it was hard. And I was just like, I don't want to go home because of that now. And like, um, it'll be rough because it'll be a memorial service for him and stuff. So, um, but uh, I was struggling with that all day long. And then the next day in small groups, we started talking in small groups. And it was funny because we had just done this skit where. They make fun of me because I'm from Iowa. <laughs> and I always hate the small groups after that skit because they always talk about how I'm from Iowa and how I got a funny accent. And So in the skit you do in the chapel before we do our small groups, it's about you, your feelings are hurt because everyone always teases you because everyone's been teasing you all summer about how you say Iowa, right? Yeah. So then when you go to the small group, you know, a lot of the campers are saying they don't necessarily think it's a skit. They, I mean, it felt like real life to them. Is that what you're saying? And so, so – and and you hate that because well it's not like I hate it I just, I just don't enjoy it as much it's like my least favorite small group of the week because it's the last one I always know that's coming I was like I always know people are gonna be making Iowa jokes the whole time but then um, but but that particular day um, I don't know Steve Rickerson who was leading the small group that day he just started talking about what we thought heaven was gonna be like just randomly it was completely the opposite of what I thought we were gonna be talking about and we started just talking about what we thought heaven was going to be like, what it's going to be like to see people that we love in heaven. And um, that was just a perfect moment for me right then, just because um, I'd really been struggling with these things that have been happening and um, my friend passing away and um, just asking God why and stuff like that. And then just to have that reminder of the hope that we have and stuff like that was spot on. And that's kind of how the rest of the week went. There was just all these things that just just happened and they didn't happen because of anything I did. They happened because of God, honestly. Like, um, like even though all the guy interns were sick and stuff, like that was the best week we had as far as um, spiritual growth. Like that was the week that we had a counselor like completely change his life around, and um, now he's doing a year long internship here at Camp Daniel, and that, that's awesome. That had nothing to do with us at all, and um, that was neat to see. That's probably the coolest thing I got to see all summer. So. I just want you to know, Josiah, that I've, I've done years of, of small groups here at Camp Daniel, and no one has ever asked that question. And it wasn't even 
like on our radar screen to ask that question. All of a sudden, I was in that small group, and all of a sudden, Steve asked that, and that's the only time it's ever asked. And I think it's very interesting that all of a sudden you were really struggling. First of all, I think it's cool that you said the time when everyone was sick from food poisoning from the place that you ate, right? And there was also a cold bug going around, so everyone was just like out, but it was the time that you grew the most. You know, but the thing is, is that you're really struggling with your your friend who's passed on, and all of a sudden we go and smoke them, so talking about what heaven's going to be like, and you're thinking, that's where my friend is right now. Yeah, that's basically what happened, and I don't know, it was just perfect timing, and it wasn't my timing, it wasn't anyone else's timing. It was 100% God, and that was neat. That was just neat to see. You know what's crazy is that that young man uh, held that in all the way until the the camp was done when he finally revealed to me um, that story. And I remember being in that small group. I was actually facilitating that small group with Steve. And I remember when he asked that question, you know, what do you guys think heaven is like? It kind of took me back, you know, because I was thinking (laughs) um, that wasn't exactly the direction that we were headed or that Skip was even talking about. But I thought, what a great question to ask. And it, it... it didn't even necessarily line up with what we were talking about or what we thought we were going to talk about, but we just let the group go. It was going to go. And I remember him just, Steve just saying to me that, you know, that, that he just felt like he was supposed to ask that question. I just think that's so cool that, that God cares for us. And while he's caring for all these campers, he's making sure that there's a council that's working for him that he's going to take care of and help ease his pain as well. And the young man that he talked about there, that the counselor he talked about, whose life had been turned around, that's actually Jordan, who I interviewed in a podcast a couple episodes ago, the episode called Family, a summer camp series. His life changed quite a bit even after that podcast. In fact, Tony, our co-host, sent me a text and said, you know, you should update that other podcast and let, let all the happy lifers know what happened to that young man. Well, I'll just tell you here, instead of trying to add it on to that other podcast, but you know, he, he wanted to work another week at camp. And uh, and so he ended up quitting his job so he could work another week of camp. And then before that camp was even done, um, he had decided that he wanted to give his life to Camp Daniel for the next year. He, he decided to enter our year-long internship program at Camp Daniel. And, uh, and it, it just, it's, I don't know what to say. It was just, it was amazing. He quits his job. Next thing you know, um, and I, I will leave the show notes for him and the other interns in case you would like to make a donation to them to go towards, um, their, their Camp Daniel. I'll leave that in the show notes because they've got to raise funds. Now there's five young men that have decided that they want to be a part of Camp Daniel for a year and help build that camp, um, so the very next week he got a camper that was blind and after Jordan had signed up for the year long internship, I remember he came into the, to the dining hall and he had this look of panic on his face. And I looked at him, he looked at me and he says, what? And I said, what? And he's like, what? And I'm like, no, you're the one that looks like what's going on. And, and he didn't answer me, but he told me later on, he just had all this anxiety and fear and panic because, you know, that decision that he just made, it was just, he was really nervous about it. And his camper, even though he was blind, could pick up without even seeing his counselor's face. He could just pick up from the vibe. He could pick up that his counselor wasn't doing well. And this is what happened. This is what he said. Um, One of my best times at camp was when I signed up to be a year-long intern and I was having second thoughts about it. And then my camper could tell I was upset. And then he kept telling me he loved me. And then he told me that he loved me more than eyesight. 
and my campers was blind or he still is blind and that really meant a lot man that is so cool i am so proud of jordan I can't wait to, when I visit Camp Daniel, to see him and the other four young men working there, which is a major miracle because uh, we have been working on Camp Daniel for over 20 years. I think it's 23 now. Well, when I say we, I say we because I just feel a part of the team there. I'm part of the family there, but I haven't been working on that camp for 23 years. I mean, when I show up, I help them do what they do, but but basically it's been the the people that have lived there all these years that have been working on for 20 some years and and we're this close to having the camp done uh, we rent a camp right now which is a camp that's not made for people with disabilities not even by a long shot and uh, so we we finally took the step of faith and said we're going to be in the next campground by next year now we need a financial miracle uh, but god has been doing that all along and we also need a major uh, physical miracle i mean we need people we need bodies to to help out because uh, it's just been a small band of people that have been uh, helping build that campground so the only way it's going to happen is some people show up and help and so, in fact, they they have work days uh, that you could show up anytime at Camp Daniel if you wanted to be a part of that. They're in northern Wisconsin. Uh, they would take your help in a heartbeat. Um, but it's just so cool that, that God sent five young, able-bodied men to say, we want to give our lives to this cause for an entire year instead of pursuing our own interest and going down a path or going to college yet or, you know, we're going to hold our future off, you know. I, I just I can just see God blessing their lives down the road. Speaking of building Camp Daniel, I've got one last story that I want to share, um, and it's 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 their favorite camp memory. It's also one of my favorite camp memories. And every week we do the same thing. The last night of camp, we would show a video of the new campground, how far along we've come. I mean, the new camp it's a it's a multi million dollar campground. It is debt free. They've been building it as they go. That's why they they haven't moved into it yet. They've you know, and we're just really one building and and just a few small minor things away from from being finished. And uh, so when we played that night and and said, hey, here's the campground that we're moving into, and this campground was built for you. <laughs> Man, that was that was so cool, and the campers just every week it was they they went crazy. They're cheering, they're they're yelling. I had a guy next to me one week was like, "Yeah, I'll take that." Oh, and they're all excited. They look at you know. It, I just love how excited they get about something that's so. It's just, it was just so cool. It was just so heartwarming. It was just so touching. Uh, so, well, I'll stop talking so you can actually listen to it. My favorite camp moment was. Week two, at the end of the week, when little Tony was showing all the campers a video of the new campground, and it was a slideshow showing all the pretty details, and all the campers were freaking out and so excited, and every time a new picture would come up, people in the front row would get up and cheer, (laughs) and I stood in the back, and I cried, and it made me feel good. And you know what? It makes me feel good, too. There's so much in the media, and to be honest, even in social media, talking about how bad our world is, how messed up this person is, how this group of people are destroying everything good to man, and how this group of people don't care at all about this cause or that, and how broken everything is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we don't have things, issues, problems, lots of other stuff that needs to be solved, looked at, or worked on. But there are also a lot of people out there who are trying to help. And that's what we've tried to show in the summer camp series. We've tried to share the hope, the love, 
the people out there who are really trying hard to do the little things to make such a big difference, just like you. So keep it up, happy lifer. Our broken world needs you. And to be honest, you need our broken world. Because if you make somebody happy, right, you'll be happy too. So when the world is broken, when the world is hurting, it gives us all the more things to help, to fix. So keep helping, keep fixing, keep loving, because that's exactly what happy lifers do. Remember, life isn't perfect, but it can be happy. Steve A.